what is the monthly business meeting anyway? And who attends? And who can attend? Deacons? We have deacons? Who are the deacons? Who's affected if the chapel gets sued? Ooh, that's not fun. Who takes out the trash? No, we took this one off the list. It's who brings in the trash that's the interesting thing. As far as I know, nobody does. It just hurts. There's two, two people that I know do it sometimes. One is Steve, the neighbor three doors up on his morning walk, and the other is Lourdes next door. And I think Lourdes is who is doing it now, but I never really know. So, uh, so first, some simple biblical concepts on giving. Uh, we are all familiar with the idea of, of tithing or what a tithe. The tithe is simply a tenth. That was introduced into the law in Leviticus uh, 2730. The tithe of everything from the land. Verse 32, the entire tithe of the herd uh, will be holy to the Lord. So in the New Testament, things are a little bit differently different. Uh, the New Testament does not command Christians to tithe. But uh, when giving is referenced in the New Testament, Christians are commanded to give generously. So if we look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We also should be joyful for the privilege of being able to give. And we know Joash in Second Chronicles, when he's restoring the temple, said all the officials and all the people brought their contributions gladly, dropping them in the chest until it was full. And finally, a fundamental truth regarding giving. First Chronicles 29, 14, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. And the Lord is pleased even with the small portion that we are blessed to be able to return to him for his work. So let's follow the money. First of all, though, I'd like to have an overarching concept, and that is it's easy to make mistakes that can bring dishonor to the name of the Lord, and that's what we do not want to do. So 1 Corinthians 14.40, but everything should be done in a fitting and an orderly way, and everything we do needs to be supported by and covered in prayer, that we would be led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. So... Let's follow the money a little bit. First, the Lord moves in the hearts of the saints to give uh, in the offering at the breaking of bread. And there's our familiar bag again. <clears throat> or in that box that we referred to earlier on the back wall of the chapel at any time. And it's checked weekly by the treasurer. And it has a mission slot and a general slot. So... We'll talk more about the treasurer, about the mission slot, and the general slot. So the treasurer, with the assistance of another brother, counts the gifts. Just throw out a simple question here. Why in the world would we have somebody else help the treasurer take the money out of the bag? Count it. Because of what it says in Corinthians about sending someone along, there's the money that was entrusted to the saints. All of that had a gift. You're sending to Jerusalem, you sent another brother along so that there'd be a 
know this confusion about how much was sent and everything yeah. is taken. Yeah. Is it there? Accountability and making sure it's right. Making sure it's, yeah, so we can count correct. <laughs> I guess that's important. <laughs> Any other ideas? Yeah, in Ezra, the treasure that was taken by Ezra from Babylon to Israel, and it was counted before they left by many. Yeah. Then they took it, and then when they arrived, it was counted again. Yeah. And it was to make sure that there was nothing missing in the journey. Right. Very similar ideas, right? So the assistance, but assistance also removes the simple temptation to retreat, re, re, uh, take the money. And the assistance is fundamentally to protect the treasurer from accusations of embezzlement. So lots of good ideas there. If I could just say this, as I read this on your PowerPoint the other day, in the church that I grew up in, there was such temptation, and an individual did take money from the from the chapel. It was hard, such a hard mm -hmm. situation for us to deal with. Mm -hmm. The person was esteemed and found himself in financial straits and always had the best of intentions to return the money to the bank account. Yeah. But it did not turn out yeah. that way. And it was one man that was in charge of the money. So, uh -huh. yeah, this is such a wonderful yeah, that, that wasn't always the case. I remember it was about 15 years ago, I think, we instituted this. It would be two people. Okay, so then the treasurer prepares his report, which he presents at the monthly business meeting. And the monthly business meeting is an open deacons meeting. It's held the first Monday of each month. And we've brought some new ideas here already. It's the treasurer, we got a deacon, and who are these people? Well, the treasurer is indeed the treasurer of the chapel. He's an elected officer of the trustees, and he's president at all of the monthly business meetings. And we'll have a little more later on about the treasurer. But we just brought some more other things. Who are the deacons and who are the trustees? So let's get a big, bigger picture first, and then we'll go on and get some details. So, Northern Hills Bible Chapel is a local assembly of believers. So, we've got our assembly of believers there as members. And there are some groups within the church. And one would be the elders. Uh, another is the deacons. Another would be the teachers. And another would be the facility. The facility is sort of like a person. It's got needs. It needs to be fed with money. It needs to be coddled with repairs, and uh, if you if you ignore it, you'll you'll <laughs> wish that you hadn't ignored it. So, and we have trustees. Now, where are trustees? Are they trustees in Scripture? Not really, not really. So there's a reason for the trustees, though, because Northern Hills Bible Chapel is something else as well. Northern Hills Bible Chapel is a corporation, actually, in the state of Ohio. And we'll look at that again in a little bit. Uh, and then there are some entities that we relate to that are not in our group. So we have foreign missions. We have domestic ministries that we support. Uh, we have the commercial world, and that's where the facility comes in as well. Lots of expenses there. 
And then we have the state authorities. And we have the state authorities fundamentally because we have, we are a corporation in the state of Ohio. So let me get something set up here for myself. There we go. And indeed, here is our Articles of Incorporation. Some of you may have seen this before. Uh, so if you can, you might have a little trouble seeing that date up there. November 9th, 49. 1949. So 70 years ago, uh, we notified, noticed this last year, uh, year and at the annual meeting we shared a couple of things about it. Uh, originally we were incorporated as the Norwood Gospel Chapel. There would be for a reason for that because it was in Norwood. It was in the storefront and it was before we came here. Then in 1958, uh, when uh, this property was purchased by the, by the assembly, uh, it was changed the name to Northern Hills Bible Chapel. So, who specifically are the deacons and the trustees? Well, oh, I wasn't supposed to show you. I was supposed to ask you if anybody had a self-service way of finding out, but it's out of the bag now, so there we go. So in the back, by the entrance to the kitchen, there's a bulletin board, and uh, one of the categories of uh, things on the bulletin board is business. And so there is the uh, Northern Hills Bible Chapel, uh, the chapel committees, and, and uh, so if we go back and look on that list, we look on here, and we're looking for, for trustees and deacons, and we don't see any here. But if we look at the bottom of the sheet, sure enough, they show up. So there's the, the trustees, and you may remember that the treasurer was a member of the trustees, and sure enough, there he is, and the deacons. And so we'll look again at the, what the deacons. Would, would somebody be able to bring me a glass of water? Uh, I'd appreciate it. Do Thank you. So who are the deacons? Well, Rich Brockman, uh, Chris Stanwin is president of the deacons. Dave Varchesky is the treasurer, and Happy Ken Carrillo is a member, and Steve Meng, always at his post, and Joe Perriel, and Gary Mills, and myself. So, a little bit more about the deacons, the scriptural origins of the deacons, or the office of the group. That comes from, well, they were created and appointed by the apostles, that's in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And we'll read verses 1 through 4 of Acts chapter 6. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered. Thank you so the 12 would be the 12 apostles gathered the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables brothers and sisters and that's brothers and sisters choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of spirit and wisdom and we will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word so one thing you'll notice there is that it was the saints in the fellowship who did the choosing. So then there's further, uh, Paul has further, further clarification providing details on the qualifications in 1 Timothy 3, uh, verses 8 through 12. 
all of this is strongly related to the becoming of the church. Joe talked a couple of weeks ago, Sunday school time, about this notion of the, the coming together. Actually, the, we look back with 2020 hindsight, and we have the church in our mind, and we know what it is as we read these things, but as it was happening, they, weren't, they didn't even know they were building a church. They didn't know they were organizing as a church. But indeed, that's what happened. And Paul concludes his instructions to Timothy in, first, in chapter 3, 14 through 15. And I believe this is the same portion where the, uh, the elders' qualifications are, are brought up. So he's talked, told him about the elders and about the deacons. And he says, I hope to come to you soon. But if I am delayed, you'll know how people ought to be, conduct themselves in God's household which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. So these things are really coming together there, and the Lord, through, through Paul, is really uh, building the concepts that the church has been built on uh, all the time since. So I found a, a document uh, from 1986 on Northern Hills Bible Chapel letterhead, no less, that uh, this was just labeled deacons, and I haven't seen anything similar to it for a long time, so I don't know if anybody's ever updated it, but what this is is a list of qualifications, <coughs> selection, and appointment of deacons. And so the, under qualifications, it says, committed Christian men of high moral and spiritual caliber, and that certainly agrees with what Timothy, or Paul, was uh, sent to Timothy but then the idea of selection by the assembly, and that's just as we had read in Acts 6, and the appointment uh, by the oversight of the elders. And then there's some comments on accountability and responsibility. But uh, fundamentally to free the uh, elders for prayer and uh, the ministry of the word. So a few more details. Uh, how does one work uh, his way to become a deacon? Well. One of the obvious ones is first, you need to conform to Paul's qualifications. Secondly, uh, consistently serving as opportunities and responsibilities are available. And over a period of time, that will be recognized, and then uh, the uh, individuals would be recognized as deacons. There are a lot of other things that could be said, but uh, it would be better for a different occasion. So, are there only male deacons at Northern Hills Bible Chapel? The answer to that is yes. Can we just leave it there? <laughs> we could. Uh, the, I, I, I have two excellent articles in case anybody is, is genuinely interested in, in this topic. Um, I, I uh, was very impressed with, with them. They seem very scholarly. They're both there. Translation details of some, some difficulties in Romans 16 and verse 1 and 1 Timothy 3, 1 uh, are covered in here. And uh, one of them is, uh, uh, does the Bible support female deacons? And no. And this one is, does the Bible support female deacons? And yes. <laughs> I passed it by Mike just to make sure that I was, wasn't being totally befuddled by the, 
what I was seeing. And, and uh, uh, it's, uh, I, in terms of just biblical interpretation, these are really good examples of really working hard at it to figure out what the, what the Lord really wants. And it's not, what the, it's not what we want, it's what the Lord wants. And that's what the elders here are really trying to follow, and that's why the situation is the way it is today. Any questions about that? <laughs> okay. How long is this term of service for a deacon? Well, none are specified in scripture or yet in our practice, so it seems to be a lifetime sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so now back to the trustees. One more time. We have trustees at the chapel simply because we are a corporation. So the... Uh, the arrow going out of this box here is the trustees who are communicate. You know, will, are will we, we need to respond to anything that the state has a question to answer, ask of us. Dave, yes. Just, uh, why do we have to be incorporated? Does, does every church have to be incorporated? Every synagogue? I don't know the answer to that. That question has come up uh, as well. I, yes, John. That was the, the main thing that was, seemed fundamentally like it needed to happen. And, and if you want to get a loan, I think you better have some sort of legal entity within the state. Yeah. Or even have an account. That's, that's, yeah, that's true. To a checking account for the bank and that kind of thing. And then if somebody needs to sue us, it's nice to know <laughs> who it is they're suing. Pardon me? No, there are not any female trustees, and I don't think the state cares about that. <laughs> um, okay, and who are the oh, what are the trust? Are the trustees or the legal representatives of the chapel or of the corporation? Uh, how are they appointed or selected? Well, they are elected at the annual meeting of the members, and how long do they serve? They, are, they do serve uh, three-year terms, and there are six trustees. And uh, we'll see a little bit more about the details about, that, about this. Uh, when do they meet? Uh, they meet at least once a year at the time of the annual meeting, and we'll see why. And since we're a corporation, as I mentioned, we have a set of regulations uh, for the corporation. And I have a copy here if anybody would like to see them. They're very short, two pages of regulations. And, a, and uh, But the first one here is you see that we need each year, the first thing it says, the annual meeting, the annual meeting of the members. This corporation shall be at Northern Hills Bible Chapel. And it's, it's, it's a, a date and it's a range of period that it needs to be. Uh, some of the other things that are kind of interesting about this is there are... Uh, members of this corporation, but we're not quite certain who they exactly are. They have uh, qualifications, uh, qualifications. The conditions of membership is that one must be a born-again believer as, becoming, as becomes a New Testament Christian. So as near as I can tell, there's some a number between zero and probably a few million people that could be members of our corporation here. <laughs> sort, of, sort of a little bit loose. Um, 
And then if we get our quorum, we need a majority of the members. We're not that sure who the <laughs> members are, so we're pretty sure we always have a majority. So at any rate, that's, uh, that's what's in the regulations. And then we, as a matter of fact, besides that, we have bylaws of the trustees. So that's a, sort of like an appendix to our regulations. But first of all, here's the, the reason that the trustees meet once a year because it needs, they need to meet immediately after the annual meeting of the members. And then it says that they are, the only thing they have to do is elect officers. So we like to keep it that way. It seems like plenty for the trustees to do. So who are the trustees? Chris Stanwin is the president. Dave Varchesky uh, is our treasurer. Is the uh, Reiner Basic. Uh, Ken Carrillo is secretary and I'm vice president, and uh, Ben Dunn is our new trustee of this year. So, always happy to have him. Well, here we go. What do the trustees do? This is one of my favorite parts. <laughs> trustees meet uh, annually to elect officers. So, that's, for many years, that is the sum total of what they do. So, but another thing that's interesting is they ensure that the certificate of continued existence is filed with the state secretary, state secretary of state, every five years. And along with that, as part of that, is this, uh, the document also identifies a statutory agent who is the contact of the chapel with the secretary of state. Now, what happens if your statutory agent moves? And nobody's thinking about the trustees. <laughs> and 20 years later, you discover that you don't exist any, anymore <laughs> because the state tried to get to you, say, you didn't tell us you're still here. And they were sending it to we don't know who, where. And so we uh, got ourselves reinstated as a corporation within the state. But that was kind of funny. But as far as that's the only real thing that we think we've done in a long time. But interest, uh, more seriously, be ready to take appropriate actions to represent the chapel in legal matters as necessary. And I added this one yesterday. Since they have some exposure to liability, so you have some personal exposure to liability for the chapel, they should be vigilant regarding the activities of the chapel and just to make sure that things, it's, it's really just general liability issues that are, would be the issue. Now, so I got sidetracked. We were back to the treasurer a little while ago. So the treasurer's report is posted on the bulletin board at the near the ki kitchen entrance again, as we saw the, um, the committees, and then the secretary's report for the uh, each monthly meeting is uh, also displayed there. So. His role then is he allocates all the funds to either the missions fund or the general fund. The missions fund is explicitly for foreign missionaries and the general fund is for all other expenses, uh, ministry support and support of stateside ministries. And more interesting to you perhaps is if an individual so desires he or she can designate how their gift should be distributed. So it could be designated to the general fund in general, the missions fund in general, or specific uh, um, individuals who are commended to the Lord's work. 
uh, projects within the chapel, like the building fund, that kind of thing, or other organizations that serve missionaries typically. Now, by law, and it's uh, not by our, uh, our law, <laughs> it's by tax law, once, once given, <clears throat> funds must come under the control of the chapel, and it is not mandatory that the designations be honored. So the fact that, that it has to come under our control essentially means that then we can do with that money what we want to. And fundamentally, they don't want the church to be a tax laundering, money laundering service where you want to, you know, Mike's, Mike needs a new car, so I designate it to Mike, and he gets a 20% discount because he bought it with church funds. So at any rate, that's... Uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't remember of any occasion where we have not followed the, the desires of the person who gave the donation. Um, I, I, I don't know. Does anybody else recall of any? I don't. We've given some gifts back this evening. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there was one occasion where we had gotten this substantial gift and we were a little... We made sure it was okay, and then we took it, and then it turned out that later it wasn't okay. <laughs> so we did return those funds. So uh, following page is a map of the treasurer's report, and you need to brace yourself. <laughs> okay, there it is. I'm sure you can see all the details there. I have my iPad. I can actually see all of that. Uh, but anyway, what is this is, again, this is a map. And so, I'm sorry, we shouldn't have gotten to. Um, so up in the upper left, well, the whole upper portion are the receipts and dis, uh, disbursement details for the month that are summarized by the treasurer. And then this region over here is, uh, if you go back and you look at the report just so you know what areas you're looking at. So these are some other expenses like gas and electric, water, lawn care, that kind of thing. And down at the bottom, we set some funds aside because we know things are going to be coming up, uh, and that's the status of those accounts. That would be like Whitewater Bible Camp because we provide them a, quite a lot of support every year. Um, it would be uh, the build, certain kinds of things for the building. Um, I can't read it up here even myself. King's Club, just in any one of a number of things that, uh, the, income, the insurance payment that's due at the, uh, once a year. Uh, over here is, a, is where the designations occur. So you'll see quite a large number here. So this is essentially when an individual gives uh, a check to the chapel and they sign a note, attach a note to it. says, I'd like to, $25 for this person, $50 for this person, whatever. And that's the designations that we're referring to. And whoops, there we go. Uh, and then the general fund. There's some similars, and we'll we'll see these details here in just a second. And the other, whoops, where are we going here? And the other thing that we really need in the in the deacons meeting is we need to know how much is available for general disbursements and how much is available for missions disbursements. So. Again, you'll see it's, it's, uh, it's out on the bulletin board if you're interested in it, and uh, be happy. Are all the things that are mentioned in the presentation presented here by people, or do you think that's just names that are 
we're going to talk about that. All this list here is all ones who are designated by people. This year's list used to be about three names long or four. Last month it was forty-one names. So people are. And Dave, if you go back, please. I think a section that we didn't really go into is most important is down there in the corner, where we reconcile each month with the PNC bank account. Up here. No, down there in the lower. What? Your lower right-hand corner for you. Dave, can I just add that sheet does not autofill. It's a lot of time spent. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that greatly. Yep, it's definitely true. So the deacons handle the distribution of funds to relieve the elders of the burden, as we're supposed to. Uh, there may also be benevolence issues which may necessitate coordination with the elders, and so that's always done in a very uh, discreet manner. Uh, in terms of giving, the general guideline has been for many years... All funds received on the first, third, and fifth Sundays of the month are for the general fund, and all funds received on the second and fourth Sundays are for the missions fund. And, yep? First and third is missions, second, fourth, and fifth is general. Oh, okay. All right. And for the funds flow, for the general fund, so this is uh, a little answers a little bit of what John was asking. Uh, what we do is we take that information at the deacons meeting and then we, you'll see here, uh, these are all the designations for the general fund. And then you'll see one down below here. We added this one uh, uh, because we knew of a need. And then you'll see that when it's, this month is designated, this month is, this amount is called a non-standard amount. Another, uh, you'll, this will be more clear, much more clear in the uh, missions, <clears throat> when we look at missions. And the final amount that was approved was $1,500. You see here, Whitewater Bible Camp, someone designated, or s several people may have designated up to three, $300. And we increased it to $650 because we know in about each month that's what we need for the uh, Whitewater Bible Camp. And so that was the final amount. And then down here, as I said, nobody designated, so we just we assigned $200, and that was the final amount. So we'll talk a little bit more about these numbers here in a second. Um, and so in the general, uh, we don't necessarily drain the general fund. The general fund is like your checkbook at home. So you don't write all your money out, and then new bills come in, and uh, what are you gonna, how are you going to pay for it? So we leave money in the, in the general account. Um, most of the gift amounts are decided case by case uh, by discussions among the deacons at the meeting. Uh, when visiting speakers come, our guideline is approximately $250 a meeting plus reasonable travel expenses. And I've been told many, many times by the people who come how, how generous we are and how much they appreciate it. And so... It's a real blessing to be able to share those ones with them. Uh, we also have <clears throat> the Swearingen's and the, uh, the uh, Wilsons who are uh, Swearingen's with um, Upper Peninsula Bible Camp and the Wilsons with uh, Kent State University. And so the amount that 
we share with them each month is, is one that we collectively agreed upon. It's usually the same each month to month. Uh, we try to set aside some funds, as I've mentioned, monthly to cover the annual amount. We share with Whitewater Bible Camp and, uh, and a couple of other things. Uh, and so that's the general fund. Any question about the general fund, it's pretty straightforward. Just pay the bills and support the local workers. Uh, going to the missions fund, um, so we generally start by listing the designated gifts, and it's, as you can see, there's quite a number of them. Uh, we add additional individuals or organizations, and the way we do that is information that we uh, call from uh, CMML magazine, and I have a copy of that here. So this comes out each month and has news items from different missionaries around the world. Uh, as you know, I get, I get probably on average about um, 60 letters from missionaries a, a month, and we share with them from the, at the uh, prayer meeting, and uh, people, uh, uh, it's just amazing responding to, to the letters that are shared from. Uh, and then we have personal information from other missionaries we may know. Uh, we typically make organizations among that list $200 each, and we address known special needs uh, case by case. Our commended foreign missionaries, Josh and Bona, we're, we uh, support them for $3,250 each uh, month, and we make all the other gifts, that amount which exhausts the available funds. So this isn't like your checkbook. The missions funds, we take, we, however much we get in a month, that's what we send out for that month. So here's a result, uh, a sample that you'll recognize since you've seen the general one. Uh, so if we talk about this one a little bit, uh, it clarifies some things. Uh, once again, some, uh, it was a significant designation for a missions conference, and we don't have immediate need now, so we just replicated that, and that's the amount we set aside. Josh and Bona, there was somebody had, somebody or probably several people who had designated to them for the month was $425. We increased it to $3,250. And then you'll see some blanks in here. So these people were, uh, had, desig had designations had been made, uh, and we didn't know of any specific needs to increase them. Uh, and so we just leave that blank for the time being. And then we said the 200 for the organizations, more down here. And then way at the bottom of the list, there may be some other names that we have added from needs that we know about. So we have available from the trustee $12,433. Uh, this list that we have, when we finalized it, was $12,410. So we had $23 left over. So the magic thing that makes this all balance out is what's the default amount? And you'll see that's down here where all, all the designations came in, so, so all these names got on the list. So once they got on the list, uh, they're going to get some amount, but it's not determined. So we have a little magical, mystical button up here that we push that says, find the default amount. And it says $131.75 or something like that, and we say, well, that's a lot like $130, and that fills out the balance of the list. 
So this this so so I guess there's there's, there's one in particular thing I like to make sure that you understand here. Well, actually, two. One is when you designate, the name gets on the list. Okay. Uh, the second thing is that if you designate $5 or $50 or $100, the name's on the list, and they're going to get this default amount. Now, if you designate more than our default amount, then we would honor that, and you get that person would get. So say you had somebody designated $300 for uh, Sadat Hodi, we wouldn't send them $130. We'd take that whole amount, and we would up increase to that amount. So that's uh, the reason I, pretty much the reason I wanted to go over that, so you'd under, people would understand that. I think you're right. <laughs> you have to outside the chapel. Yeah, I mean, I, um, yeah. Yeah, you can send it to CMML. Yes, Chris. Yeah, and, 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 and sometimes it's it's really the more reasonable thing to do <clears throat> because there's no sense in sending it through us. To we're just going to write the check and send out to the same place you would. So in that case, in those particular cases. So I just wanted to share a couple more things about this. Most of the foreign missions funds are sent directly to CMML, which is Christian Missions in Many Lands. They support only assembly commended missionaries. And, but 100% of what we give to them for, the, for those people goes to the, to the people. So there's, they, they, they get their operating expenses when we send them money directly for their operating expenses. Uh, I'll say a couple more things about it. Uh, other funds go to other missions organizations. Here's the missions uh, website, and uh, they exist only to provide uh, so that assemblies can get money in an efficient way that doesn't get lost in all the intricacies of foreign foreign commerce. They know how to get it to the to the missionaries, and it's a great service that they provide. And again, at, at uh, they don't tax those funds at all. So they also publish the missionary prayer handbook, which we're going to be getting a number of. This is all the missionaries commended by the assemblies, uh, where they were commended from, and where they work and then the magazine that we talked about. And almost done. Uh, the annual meeting of the chapel, so we saw where that came from. That came from our regulations that we need to have an annual meeting. And all of the above financial information is summarized at the annual meeting uh, uh, of the chapel. Uh, and a handout of that report is distributed at the meeting. I have a copy of it here. Anybody would like to see one. And it really is a, it's a, it really summarizes things wonderfully. The, all the deacons' meetings uh, are summarized for the year on a couple of pages here. That gives you a good sense of what's going on. 
and then give you the detailed report of all the missionaries that we share with during the year, how much, and, uh, and some other details about that as well. Uh, and I went... Um, and I, I, somebody had asked me, well, how much do, do we uh, share with missionaries uh, in total out of our budget? It turns out it's 44%, and this came from the annual uh, report, and it's 73% is, is supports ministry. So what we wanted to point out here is that the, the pure amount that we share with missionaries, yeah, it's 44%. But when you add these other... Uh, a ministry, op, not not nuts and bolts of the building and things like that. That's seventy three percent of our funds going right to ministry. So the building and other facility type expenses, um, it was down in the twenty seven percent range. So uh, I think yeah, I think we're going to end up on time. Did have one more thing I wanted to share with you that we really need to give thanks to the Lord for His abundant faithfulness, for the love and the harmony that we have in our fellowship and unity, and for all you saints who are so generous and uh, loving in your service. So, anybody have any overall question? Yeah, Mick. No, we're, do, we're doing pretty well, actually. The facility and the expenses for look like we don't have any major ex known expenses coming up. And I don't know of any other specific needs where, you know, we've been very successful with uh, the, all the air conditioning and uh, heating systems that we put in, uh, the renovations that we've done, and, and uh, that's all paid. We don't have any, any debts like that. Yes. Well, I think it's along the lines of what Steve said. With all that you just said, the amount of work, so you have 73% going to ministries, and that would be a very different number, I think, if it weren't for the service. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it needs to be brought up because yeah. as, as time continues on, who's taking over these tasks, or is that yeah. number going to be changed? Yeah, so that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Say hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. As you show us that 73% number, David, is the yeah. priority of the assembly as far as ministry is concerned. Thank God for yeah. such, a, such a priority. And Amen. Just how... How deeply appreciative we are of the work and the labor of the deacons here at the assembly on behalf of all of the saints here at Northern Hills. Yeah. It's just such a blessing yeah. that we have in all of you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. John? right. I noticed that when I was looking at it. Over. Okay, let's, uh, let's give the babies a rest. And <laughs> <close>. <laughs> Father, we thank you 
once again for this precious uh, time to be together for the fellowship that we have here that's been so has blessed so many people in so many ways but lord we just thank you that we can uh do these you involve us in your work and we just pray that it would all be done to your glory and to your praise pray all these things in jesus name amen